0: Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen.
1: Hello builders. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we're excited to have you listen to the podcast. This is the Build Your Success podcast. I'm your host Brian Brogen, and in this podcast we like to build you so you can build yourself and then build others. And we hope that you're learning something today. We like to do this through our training, through our speaking events, and through our workshops. And we're grateful today to have Tony Johnson as our special guest. Tony is a customer experience professional. He focuses on leadership development, strategy, and employee training. He spent 5 years in customer service as a customer experience officer for Aramac, leading a $15 billion organization, Tony has 20-year background in restaurants where he led a team of 500-plus and gross sales of over $400 million. He's also an author, and we'll talk about some of his books. But welcome to the podcast today, Tony. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've got a background in customer service. I know the restaurant provides... A great platform for that, with all the different personalities you get to be and the challenges you face. So, tell us a little bit about, about the background.
2: Well, sure. So, you know, I, I think everybody should have to do time in the restaurant business because I feel like when you do that, you learn how to take care of people, you learn how to lead teams, you learn how to bring folks from different backgrounds together for a common cause. And so that that was where I cut my teeth in the restaurant business. I always say I was. I started as the very best, and I'm, I'm not kidding around here, the very best drive-through person at the Fort Wayne, Indiana Taco Bell when I was 16 years old. I swear that should be a title. I should have a trophy because I feel like I crushed it uh, on the 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift when I was in high school. But uh, I think you learn so much about, you know again, that situational service, how everybody's so different, and, and food just always brings people together. So my time in, in food and restaurants, retail and hospitality – really prepared me for you know my career in, in customer experience work which I, I did for the you know for the last five or six years and then stepping out of my own about a year and a half ago to launch ignite your service
1: that is wonderful and we appreciate that foundation you have in relationships and, and and learning the customers and how to deal with them and now how to teach others how to do that that you, that you do so we're going to ask you the question we ask all of our guests here what does leadership and being a leader mean to Tony Johnson?
2: I think that's the question of the day and the question of the age. And I'm glad you take the time to ask that of everybody. When you think about leading teams, you know, the first and foremost, if you want your team to take great care of customers, you have to start by taking great care of your team. You have to make sure that you're enabling and empowering them. And you have to make sure that they have what they need. So many leaders fur around the word empowerment. I feel like it's the buzzword, the watchword of the century, right? But what they end up doing is, is saying it in name only. You know, I always say if you're going to empower a team, you have to teach them what you want them to do. You have to help them understand your decision tree and your decision-making processes. You have to take them through some modeling and show them what you would do and help them problem-solve. And then here's the really hard part. You have to step back and trust them to take that information forward. If you've selected a great team and notice I said hi, I said select and not hire, right? You're going to select the right team. You're going to enable them through tools and training. And then empower them, just like I said, if you did all those things right, you're going to end up with a team that can do the right thing when you're not around and nobody's watching. And the last thing I will say about, I think, empowerment is if it doesn't scare you a little bit, if it doesn't terrify you just a little bit, then you probably haven't empowered anybody. Because there's that moment when you let them go off on their own to to take care of customers in the moment, to solve problems, to, to do those things. And it could go wrong. But if you've done the right thing, it probably won't go wrong. It'll probably go very, very right. And, and it'll lead to uh, this this great service. It'll lead to the ability to deliver for customers, clients, and consumers in, in a way that feels magic sometimes. And also, again, you don't have to be there all the time to take care of stuff. Because what leader wants to have to be there every moment of every day to make sure nothing goes off the tracks?
1: That is wonderful. I appreciate that. I love this thought about taking care of your team. One thing you said in your application here that I definitely want to cover is employee engagement isn't an activity. It's the daily way leaders lead their teams and themselves. So unpack that for us about this employee engagement and how important it is. It's not just an activity. It's, it's a daily way for leaders to, to lead their teams. Tell us about that. Sure. So
2: every organization has either formally or or informally probably done some type of of employee touch point. They've done surveys, they've done opinion surveys, they've understood what what their their team members like and don't like about working there and, and what the employee experience is. Really great leaders take that information and first and foremost, do something with it it's it's the biggest bugaboo from my time you know in corporate america was watching organizations and even now as i consult and train privately i see them collect all this data employee data customer data client data survey data and they don't do anything with it it makes no sense to me why why so that really that's that's the magic right is taking the taking time to learn and then taking action on what you hear but employee engagement isn't just doing the survey It isn't just having a big fancy meeting at the end and telling people what you're going to do. It's it's not having a party four times a year for employee appreciation. It's every day taking the time to go see your team in the moment, whether you're working construction, whether you're working retail, whether you're working restaurants, whether you're working in an office building. Are you walking around and getting to know your team, letting them get to know you? And are you actually then taking the time to manage performance in the moment and engaging with them? You know, I I had a boss one time, his name's Clint, and Clint taught me something. You know, he told me when I started working for him, and by the way, if you're leading teams, when you take over a new team, I would let everybody know with a little memo or a meeting or whatever, what does it mean to, to work with you and beside you and for you? But at any rate, Clint said, Tony, your performance appraisal is probably going to be about five minutes. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, we're going to meet twice a month. He said, we're going to talk about one of those meetings, how you're doing, where you are, what what we need to do next, what our goals are. The other one, you're going to tell me where you want to go in your career and what development activities you want to identify. And I'm going to give you a little feedback on that. He said, but by the time we get to evaluation time, I'm just going to tell you your raise and your overall rating and nothing's going to be a surprise. And I'll be darned if we didn't get there. Unfortunately, we didn't do it in five minutes. We did it in four. That's how quick uh, my annual appraisals were with Clint. Because again, there were no secrets. I knew exactly where I stood walking in there. And that's because Clint engaged with me You know, every other week in our formal meeting. And he never let it get pushed off the calendar. Sometimes we moved it around a little bit, but never did he say I'm too busy this week to do it. And, and those were these were executive level jobs. I was a customer experience officer of a really large organization, yet I was still having meetings like this with my supervisor, with my direct manager, even at, at an executive and high level in an organization. That's how important engagement is from the CEO to the frontline associate and everywhere in between.
1: Tony, that is wonderful. I love the example you use with Clint. Not only did he define the parameters... But then he lived up to it. You know, he kept it, kept the commitment of those parameters. You said it earlier. Often we get all this data and we get collect this information, and it and it collects dust. And and in these days, it sits in a computer file, and nothing's done with it. So all this great information basically goes to waste. But but what Clint did here is he said, "Hey, we're going to do this. I'm going to get with you. This in these timeframes. I'm going to keep my commitment to you, and this is the way it's going to go down." And, and then you fulfilled that. And I just think that's a great example of a leader. I appreciate you sharing that with us. You
2: know, and I think another thing that great leaders do is, is they take the time to never lose connectivity with people. You know, when I when I left my, my last career and I decided I was going to strike out on my own, you know, it was nice to have a network of folks that I stayed connected with. In fact, uh, I work as the customer experience officer for a company called 4XI Global Consulting. And, and a fellow named Simon, who's one of the founding partners of that, reached out to me when he heard I left Airmark and said, you know, I, I know you're doing your own thing too, but we'd love for you to come in and be a part of this. Brain trust is really the best word I can use to describe it. A bunch of, of executives and folks who have really done it, not conceptually, but really done it in the world, coming together for this power of the collective. But the thing Simon did there, I, I thought that was so compelling is, you know, it'd be easy for for folks as they leave organizations to not stay connected to folks that they were, you know, connected with when they had work reasons to do it. But guys like Simon, and and he's probably one of the best salespeople I've ever met. Simon doesn't let a single relationship go. Doesn't matter whether there's, you know, intrinsic value. He's just a people person, right? And you never know what's going to go right if you value people, stay connected, and always look for ways to win, win it. And so, you know, I'm grateful for guys like Clinton Simon that that I've stayed connected with for, for many, many years now.
1: Great, Tony. Love to hear about that. Both those guys sound like wonderful leaders. People, I'm a people person. I'd love to meet those guys. Listen, in your application, you talked about the times that you found a way forward together and how that helped lead. Tell us a little bit, give us an example of of how you've worked together for forward momentum
2: you know i think when you when you're going to scale in an organization that's the best time i can think when when you need to do this and this is where sometimes i think organizations struggle is is if you're in a dispersed workforce and, and let's face it a lot of us are in that boat right now as remote work has become so impactful and I, and i think it starts by getting buy-in at the c-suite level while you're also getting buy-in at the grassroots level so if you think about any kind of initiative that you're trying to You make sure that the key stakeholders are engaged. You make sure that you've engaged your front line in in what they actually need. And then here's here's the real humdinger. Listen to your customers and what they're asking for as well. Customers, clients, consumers, and and never forget, you always have a customer. There's always somebody at the end of that value chain that's depending on you to solve their problem. So if you mash all those things together in a blender and, and you think about, Enabling your frontline, and that's where I think organizations often go wrong. They forget that there's a frontline component. Somebody has to deliver whatever that thing is, a new product, a new service, a new way of doing things. Somebody has to execute that at the moment of truth. So looking at what their journey and potential friction points are, but also keeping in mind, you got to sell this to the C-suite. So what's the ROI? What's the scale plan? And, And I think the one thing as well, when I think about new initiatives, is don't neglect live training. And I know because because training and development and keynote speaking is such a big part and a big love of my life, I always go there. But I think you can't train your teams enough. And that could be virtually. It could be uh, via technology. It could even be an LMS. And yes, there is good e-learning out there. You just have to take the time to do it. I know that there's bad e-learning out there, but great e-learning can actually be super impactful if you do it right. But I think putting all those things together, having a plan, getting the buy-in, Maybe, maybe starting small with a, a targeted exercise, like you know, uh, at a small part of your business to learn and develop it and iterate it and then launch big. But when you can do those kinds of things and everybody feels like they were involved, nobody had it just thrown at them <laughs> and said, so, hey, good luck to you. But when you, when you get to that point, I think it, it, it provides really great scalable solutions for any size organization.
0: We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863 800 9658 or email him at BrianB at Buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode.
1: Tony, I keep hearing the keyword engagement in your answers, So I know that's very important to you. And, and, it, and it's the way to keep a team collaborative and, and understand each other. You know, here you said, understanding the power of the collective and their ability to solve problems. So as we as we do engage others and now this power, this collective power to solve problems. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of this this thought of uh, some of us or, or more of us or smarter than one of us, however you want to steal that phrase from the unknown uh, source. But, but I do know that when you get the right people in the room, there's magic. And too often I see folks trying to make decisions in a silo, trying to make them in a vacuum, trying to make them without getting real life experience. As a, as a, a customer experience professional and a, and a former working CXO, it always struck me that that was the wrong way to go about it. I'm I'm always a big fan of sort of that Steve Jobs approach. You look at the finish line. What are you trying to accomplish? And then work back from there to a solution. And that means bringing in the right people for the right role, which I think when I think about leadership 101, you do not have to be the smartest person in the room to be a great leader. In fact, you probably won't be the smartest person in the room. And that's okay. What your talent has to be is bringing all these disparate personalities together, all these different people. And smushing them together in a way that creates results and culture and teamwork and enthusiasm and inspires their imagination, that's what you're trying to accomplish. And and to go back to Simon, the fellow I was telling you about, one of his watchwords, the phrase that I always think about when I think of of Simon is, is the power of the collective. He's always talking about having the right people in the room. I learned that from him when I worked for him, you know, with him in a previous life and continuing in our relationship now at at the 4XI piece for the consulting that we're doing. It's just a great way to think about bringing people together and making sure that they have all the tools needed to solve the problem at hand.
1: Wow, Tony, that's great. Listen, I'm going to skip ahead. I've got more things highlighted here, but you just said something that's going to have me jump ahead to what you said. Listening, engaging, rewarding, developing, While all our tenets of leadership one one These are simple things. And I like to say sometimes the simple things that aren't committed to become, you know, become our problems. So it's easy to say, but it's a whole lot more to commit to. And, and here's what you said. You said these things, this leadership 101, listening, engaging, rewarding, developing are neglected by most. And I, I see that so true. You know, the, the simple, if we can, we're, we're you, you talked about collecting all this data and do nothing with it. What if we just worked on two or three things instead of a hundred initiatives? So, so tell us a little bit about this.
2: I'm I'm a big believer, and I know it's it, the most overused phrase in the in the leadership lexicon right now is back to basics. But I truly believe that's the case, and and all you have to do is actually execute on them. You know, you, you don't have to reinvent any new basics. There are plenty out there. Listen, which I swear to you, just just talk less than you listen. You know, my grandma always told me. Tony, if your mouth's moving, you're probably not learning anything. And, and that stuck with me, you know? So just make sure that you're thinking about what the person across from you is saying. You're taking it in. We'd all love to be on an Aaron Sorkin drama with that snappy repartee walking through the West Wing corridors. We'd all love to be a part of that, but that's not real life. It is okay to let the person talk, to absorb it, to let it wash over you, to be to be mindful in the moment and, and think about what's, what's being said. Take a pause and then respond thoughtfully, and that's okay. It's it, it, you know, if you spend time thinking about what you want to say next, you're probably gonna miss the point. And then the other piece in, in the basics, and here's the, here's the real one. This is it's recognition, and and I think that is one of the things that people neglect more than ever. And and Lee Cockrell, one of my favorite authors, he spent, he spent time at Disney. He always said that it was a renewable resource because the more you give, the more there is, and I, and I believe that's the case. And I think when you can can call out great work, and and it doesn't all have to be a ticker tape parade. Sure, you may have a recognition system you use that gives out gifts or points, awesome. But you could also write a handwritten note and send it to somebody's house. Nobody does that anymore, but but when you do it, I can remember opening up a note from the chief growth officer at Aramark when I still worked there, and I opened it up, and it was just a note at Christmas time saying how much he appreciated my work few key things. He actually signed it, not as not not admin. And, and I looked at that and said, oh my gosh. And I framed it and put it on my wall. It, it's a true story. It actually sits right over there. So it's one of those things that really meant, meant something to me because someone took the time to do that. But also just walking up and saying, you did a good job. This was the expectation and you met it. And thank you for that. And and so remember that, that, that recognition has to be time bound because there is a half-life to great recognition. It needs to be specific. And it really needs to be heartfelt and and tie back to a business need, right? Because if it doesn't reinforce safety or culture or customer need or productivity, if it doesn't reinforce what matters to the organization, then it's really not worth recognizing. That doesn't mean that everything has to have a financial gain. It could be safety or culture or appreciation. But find something to tie it back to that's a part of your organizational culture, and you'll find that that stuff starts to get sticky because when people see others getting rewarded and celebrated. They want that too. So they're going to do the same stuff you just called out. So it's sort of this rock rolling down the mountain. So I would say if you can listen better and recognize more effectively and more quickly, you will find that that your loyalty from your team and your overall culture starts
1: to grow. Tony, I love the idea that you connect this tie back to whatever your value system is, whatever your vision statement is, whatever your, the deliverables. So if you have some KPIs, for instance, Key Performance Indicators, recognize those things you know that that's going to be very important because that's reinforcing what what the company's after I think that's a great idea to have those tiebacks not just you know generic unauthentic pats on the back but but sincere you've accomplished what we set out to do and I think that's going to be that's great I love I love that
2: the one last thing I'll say about recognition is I ask every leader that's listening right now to stop saying the phrase thanks for all you're doing Just stop. Just throw that away. Throw it out the back door because it's positively meaningless. It's okay to say thanks for putting in the extra hours. Thanks for taking great care of your customers. But I had a boss one time that just kept telling me over and over again, thanks for all you're doing, Tony. And at one point, I just said, okay, could you tell me what it is you think I'm doing? Because I feel like that's something leaders say when they want to say thank you, but they haven't bothered to find out anything about what you're doing well.
1: Wow. That'll hit home for some folks. So I think that'd be, be thought out. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, we've definitely been through some tough times this last year. You know, a lot of, a lot of things, political, viruses, all the things that are going on. And, and some of the employees, listeners may be entering back into an office building, going back to work, if you will. You had a, something in here that I want to talk about, reengaging teams when times are tough and I think that's no more important and, and time specific than now. What are some techniques and tools you suggest for re-engaging teams when times are tough? Yeah,
2: I appreciate you asking that. And the only reason I know that this is an important topic is it is one of the, the hottest things I'm getting calls for now to help teams with. And, and I, so I can always tell at sort of my pulse check into the universe, right? What are people calling and saying, can you help? <laughs> but But I think You know, a lot of folks in some places have been out of the workplace for a year or more at this point, if you really think about it, and and to come back to work, boy, that's going to be a heavy lift for some folks. So you really need to think about connecting your teams back together individually. And I would start now, if you're thinking about bringing them back in three or four months or, or six weeks or whatever, start getting them ready for that now. Start asking them the question, is there anything you're anxious about coming back into the office? What's worrying you? Because chances are you can, there's probably nothing huge. So how do you address that? And then I think you can never go wrong by connecting them back to their end purpose, especially if, if your team, some of them don't see the end customer, make sure that they understand what they're doing the work for. Because at the end of that line, there is a customer, a guest, a consumer, a client that's counting on you and your business to solve that problem. Like I said before. So make sure that your team understands what that is. Center on the customer. Center on the end guest or consumer. It's a great way to talk about why their work matters. So they're going to feel valued. They're going to feel heard because you asked. And then just remember, some folks are going to want to flip a switch and come right back to normal because they're wired that way. Others are going to take a minute to warm back up to being around people, especially if they haven't been around their family or maybe they live alone or they haven't been out to see their friends very much. This is all new for them. You know, I was lucky I had a very close circle of friends and family and my wife and everybody. So, you know, as I've gone back out and started speaking again, it hasn't felt so different. But many people haven't been able to do that. So you got to understand what their needs are and, and what their pain points are, almost like an employee journey for coming back to work. And then as a leader, your job is to go start smacking that stuff out of their way. And I think the best thing I can tell you to do is do it with empathy. Put yourself in their perspective from their point of view. You don't have to agree with it. And in many cases, you won't agree with it, but understand it. That's how you can help them feel comfortable coming back into the workplace.
1: Wonderful, Tony. And I think that'll really help people to, to re-engage in these in these difficult times. I was interviewed about this, this topic this week and, and I told them that it's kind of like you use used the example with Clint that let's have a conversation with what the employer needs. And then let's have a, a conversation about the employees, how it's going to impact and affect them. So, so kind of like he said, Hey, first we're going to talk about what I, what I want to expect and then what your goals are. And I think when, as these people come back to work, especially when they're talking about hybrid situations, I think there needs to be some clear expectations laid out about what hybrid means, because otherwise it can be real confusing for both the managers and the employees of what hybrid means. So I think there needs to be some clearly defined roles there and expectations laid out.
2: And clarity is such a great word, Brian, that you brought up, because when I think about where we get ourselves into trouble with employee relationships, with customer engagement in business contracts, client relationships, clarity and ambiguity is often where we win or lose in those kind of relationships.
1: Well, that is great. Tony, we are at that place in the podcast. We've got to wrap things up. Tell them, I tell the guests where they can get in contact with you about your books that you have for sale. Just anything you want to share with us at this time. Those that are watching on YouTube, I'm going to bring this up. He's got www.igniteyourservice.com for those that are listening on the podcast. I'll include that in the show notes. So, Tony, tell us how to get a hold of you. Appreciate that. If you're looking for customer
2: experience, leadership development, employee training, or just some general business consulting, you can reach me at IgniteYourService.com. You can also find a vast collection of services at 4XIConsulting.com. Great opportunities there to get some business coaching and, and to think about the future of work. And then finally, if you're looking for a, a great book on customer experience, and of course, I'm the one telling you about it, so I'm going to say it's great, but but head on over to Amazon.com and search Together We Serve by Tony Johnson. That's my latest book on customer experience, leadership, and consumer journey.
1: That is great. Listeners, we certainly appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, do us a favor, go over to that platform Give us an honest review and rating. Hey, share this podcast with others. I know Tony shared some nuggets that they could definitely use today. He he talked about being engaging, empathetic, all those things that are needed and necessary in these times. So share this with your family. And then I want to remind everyone that we're having a in-person workshop here in Lakeland, Florida. One of these things Tony talked about listening. So that's the, the theme of this. It's called the Hear and Be Heard interactive communication workshop. We're going to have 20 people in the room. It's going to be socially distanced. Everything's going to be done correctly, but we are going to go through some active listening, some empathetic listening, just things that we can do better. As overall, I can tell you, I'm excited. I've been preparing for this for months now, and we're going to have that on June the 18th at the Lakeside Village Hampton Inn. Find out more about that at our website, buildcs.net. It's the events page. Look at our events, sign up for that. There's some special offers right now, some early bird discounts. Do us a favor, sign up and come visit us. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others.
0: Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.